Hi there. My name is Amy and welcome to the You Better Work YouTube channel, amplifying ambition in women, trans women and non-binary people across the world. I'm delighted that my first ever guest on the channel is also based in Cornwall. Hayley Stanton is the founder, managing director and coach at Quiet Connections. Quiet Connections, I'm looking at my notes here, are here to help people like you to stop panicking and feel more calm and confident in social situations so you can finally speak up, join in and feel like you truly belong. I nearly usurped the time that she'd set aside to do the interview to be coached myself um, because the work that they do is amazing and I would definitely recommend checking out their website which is down below in the description. I hope you enjoy this video and um, find it as inspiring as I did talking to Hayley and please do give the video a thumbs up, subscribe to the channel and follow the channel on Twitter and Instagram so we can make sure that it reaches as many people as possible. So I'm so excited to welcome Hayley. Hi Hayley. Hi Amy, lovely to be here, thank you for having me. Oh no, thank you so much for volunteering to come on and you're my first person um, that I'm interviewing for You Better Work. So I'm really grateful, but I'm also going to apologise in advance because <laughs> you're a bit of a guinea pig for the format. So <laughs> oh, I love that. That makes me feel so much better. <laughs> That's good. I've just been blown away by kind of how open and honest you are about your story and about how you've got to where you are today and I think that it's going to be a really interesting conversation and I just was struck by kind of your transformation story almost and it felt like a real story of hope so I wondered if we could sort of just start with a bit of an overview of your story and where you're at now okay um so I was very, very socially anxious. Um, you know, I was the quiet, shy child at the back of the class growing up. And really, I thought I'd never amount to anything. Um, I sort of fell into college uh, studying healthcare because that's what my, my friends were doing. It was just easy to follow them. And then I, when I left college, I really freaked out because I didn't feel like I could go to university because I was terrified of having to get up and do presentations and of having to like live elsewhere and make new friends and even go and do grocery shopping and just do those those normal everyday things that I thought I can't do it um so that was out of the question and then it was like oh well you have to go and find a job which was equally as terrifying for me because I just felt like I, I couldn't do it I felt like I couldn't get through an interview like no one would want me anyway I didn't have anything to offer and that there wasn't really a job that I could do. So I was looking for a job where I could just hide in the background. And of course, those jobs don't really exist. You always have to go for an interview process and they're always challenging. <laughs> and um, yeah, so I started sabotaging my job interviews and you know, writing, the, writing my applications with my left non-dominant hand. Um, oh my gosh. I was faking my grades, so making them a lot lower because I actually did okay at school and college. Um, and yeah, so, so eventually I just felt like I can't go on like this and I can't find my place in the world. And 
I really felt like I was broken, like I was defective. And um, I mean, eventually I ended up overdosing because I just didn't feel like I could get anywhere in my career or in my personal relationships. So, so it was really, really hard to start with. Um, and from there, I still didn't get a lot of support. So I'd been to the doctors, I'd been referred for counselling, um, had a CPN. Um, and from what I can remember of my CPN, she was lovely. And then I was referred to this counsellor in my doctor's surgery. And I did my usual um, freeze response. So I was like unable to respond to her questions. And she said to me, oh, well, you obviously don't want my help. So what are you doing here? Um, so that was it. That was the end of my support. And I just had to muddle my way through them. Uh, which was really, really awful. Um, but I mean, looking back, I've learned so much from that experience. So I'm not like devastated that that happened. But at the time, it was just such a massive challenge. Um, I ended up going into um, healthcare, which is interesting because my, my whole family are basically healthcare workers my nan was a nurse my other nan was a carer my mum was a carer and I was always like I couldn't possibly do anything <laughs> like that <laughs> do the opposite <laughs> yeah yeah and I wanted to be something like a solicitor or a social worker um, and I'd applied for university to be a social worker or to go and study social work and then I had got I pulled out because I just didn't think I could go so I ended up getting into care work and working in the community um, so yeah, eventually I was put forward to do my foundation degree at Cornwall College, which was lovely, a lot more reassuring, don't have to move away, I know the place, I've already been there. And, um, and then I found out I had to do presentations and I freaked out again. <laughs> I spent the whole time going off sick whenever there was a presentation or like at school if there was a difficult class or I knew I'd have to be speaking up in front of people. I'd always go off sick um, and not even always faking it because sometimes I would just actually get myself so worked out that I would actually become really ill. Yeah. yeah. So I think I know a lot of people that were put off university by the environment, both like, as you say, by living by yourself, doing your own grocery shopping, going to a place potentially where you know nobody and it's not easy to suddenly pop back home and then all of the coursework, the presentations and everything on top of that and obviously you, over, you, you overcame that but I suppose if there's other people out there in that situation now um, thinking that that's putting them off, what, what would your advice to them be? I think that the presentations are not as scary as you think they are. And one thing that's really helped me is realizing that, um, I think it was Plymouth University did a study on students and found that over 50% of students feel really anxious, socially anxious about doing presentations. So knowing that half of your class are just as nervous. Um, mm. What I found was that when I was up there, even though I felt really nervous, other people weren't necessarily seeing that. And sometimes they would go, oh, you're so confident. And people still do. And they don't realize just how nervous you feel. 
and I realized that that's the same with the way that I look at other people I look around and go oh, that person's amazing like they're really confident and I couldn't possibly be that way and and I've learned that that's really not the case like, a lot of people are struggling with self-doubt and feeling anxious and actually it's just a really normal part of the, the human experience and you can feel anxious and still have the courage to go and do something that's scary yeah I think it's that thing that they always say that like if you try and name something embarrassing that someone else has done you can't think of anything but you can think of a hundred things that you've done that have stayed with you because you're thinking about yourself but everyone else in the room is thinking about themselves and might not even be paying you attention because they're worried about their turn going next or um something that happened to them yesterday or something that's going to happen to them tomorrow <laughs> Yeah, yeah. We, don't, we don't see that like you say we just see what they're outwardly putting into the world yeah. um yeah and we tend to compare ourselves so much to other people whereas if if i compare myself to someone who's very extroverted and really good at speaking on the spot and captivating an audience then i'm gonna feel like i'm not good enough because they they have totally different strengths to the strengths that i have but if i focus on like my my own strengths and my ability to prepare and reflect and empathize then i can step into a place where i'm feeling okay about who i am and i actually like myself and i'm willing to step out and and show up and be seen so i, I surprised myself and every time i stretched myself a little bit and challenged myself to do something that i didn't think i was able to do i've learned that i can do so much more than i think i can yeah i think um I, I love that concept of kind of your stretch zone and just going beyond your comfort zone a little bit at a time and your comfort zone grows and, and you know by just pushing yourself a little bit and I think also like you're saying about that conversation sometimes it's really helpful to open up if you can to someone you know whatever whatever you're nervous about or if you have anxiety I know because you know having anxiety myself if i'm in a situation where i feel anxious one of my coping mechanisms is to just tell someone and just to talk to them and normally like it just brings me back to earth a little bit and kind of centers me and makes me feel less alone because i think when you try and deal with anxiety it, it can be a very lonely place and you think oh gosh the people around me have no idea you know what i'm going through but unfortunately anxiety is on the rise and you know social anxiety is extremely um common i think there was a stat i really liked on your website about how many the sort of percentage of people with social anxiety in cornwall i'm not sure yeah um so it's about one in ten people who are known to have social anxiety and i think that's about fifty-five thousand people in cornwall so it's huge um but as part, apart from that around half of all people consider themselves to be shy so this is really a massive issue that is really unknown and people just don't talk about it a lot because there's so much taboo around it and we feel like we are broken and defective and there's something wrong with us and we're the only ones going through it so we don't tend to share our stories mm. no I, i'm really grateful kind of to you for opening up about that and i just want to mention at this point that i will put some contact details for um the samaritans and other charities that you can get in touch with if anyone watching is kind of suffering or or feeling alone or feeling that they don't have anyone to talk to please do look in the um description box 
so you went on to qualify as a coach um but it was three years after qualifying as a coach that you started your business what held you back and what was kind of the catalyst to start quiet connections okay so quiet connections was like a little acorn of an idea that had been growing for such a long time and i always felt like i i couldn't do anything with it like i'm not the person i was looking around for someone else to solve the problem and eventually i was like you know i keep getting called back to this and the problem hasn't been solved and it's been years and years so i i kind of just felt intuitively like i had to step up and do something so i thought i'll give it a go so i was on the unlocking potential um, employability course and one of the speakers that came in to run a course was lizzie Lablestio, who is an amazing coach in cornwall and um so she was doing an nlp course and i was just so drawn to it that i quit doing my business degree that I was studying through the Open Uni at the time and just spent the rest of the money that I had from my student loan on a course with Lizzie just because it felt like the right thing and um, so that was way back in like 2014 and then I was just kind of playing small I think and you know not not charging a lot for coaching and feeling like I wasn't good enough and I got into a, a stage of, of collecting certifications and thinking, well, when I have this, then I'll be good enough and then I'll feel confident. Mm -hmm. And eventually Lizzie asked me, like, how many qualifications do you need? And I realised I could just keep going. I was never going to feel like I was good enough. I just had to get out there and get started and give it a go. Yeah. Uh, so... So yeah, having some, some, I had some personal coaching with, with Lizzie and that was amazing to start shifting things. And I realised that it was the same old pattern that I was holding myself back, keeping myself small, afraid to be seen, afraid to be heard because I was afraid of rejection. And also I was looking around thinking the people who I'm seeing are like outgoing and they're really good at talking to people and extroverted and I thought well I'm not that sort of person so can I really run a business mm. and I was really undervaluing all the skills that I had at the time um, but one thing that really helped was um, in one of my my coaching sessions with Lizzie she asked me about well, what would it be like if this person was delivering your service and I go well it wouldn't work because they're not the right kind of person and they, it really dawned on me that actually it needs to be someone who's maybe a little bit quieter and a bit awkward <laughs> but to work with the people who I work with because that's that's what they need to be able to, to connect with, with, with yeah and, yeah recognizing your own your own strengths I think is something that you know, I, I said it in my call out for this channel, we're just not very good at doing, I think, as a whole, as as women. And I think that whole thing of collecting certificates, it's like that stat about, you know, we won't apply for jobs if we don't if we meet if we don't meet a hundred percent of the criteria, whereas men will apply for a job if they meet sixty percent. You mentioned obviously coaching and I, and I wanna ask you in a minute to talk a little bit about quiet connections, but 
Um, I've been very lucky to have had some coaching in the past and, and currently actually, and I find it really, really beneficial. And for anyone watching who doesn't, doesn't know much about coaching or anything about coaching, um, what, what is the role of a coach and, and what's it like being a coach? You know, people are thinking about, you know, is this a career path for me or do I need coaching? Hmm. So, so if I start from the perspective of a coachee, because obviously I've had an awful lot of coaching myself, um, it was the very first thing I had like way back in maybe 2012, I started having coaching with, with a guy. Um, and it's just really, really helpful for helping you to, to see other perspectives um, that you, you probably haven't picked up on yourself. So it's like having someone holding a mirror up for you and you come to all these realizations yourself. It's very different to just being given advice. So lots of people will give us, give us really good advice, but we're not very good at taking it. So coaching is about drawing out that wisdom from yourself, that advice that you would probably just give to others. And when it comes from you, it's so much more powerful. So coaching is all about asking people questions to help them reflect and increase their self-awareness um, and consider the language that they are using about themselves and about the situation and just gently reframe, for us, gently reframing how we see quiet. From, from again, the role of a coachee, I always say to people that it can be quite frustrating at first because when you're not used to it, you kind of do sometimes want someone to give you the answer and you don't really want to find it yourself. And, and yeah. like this person's pushing you, pushing back on you and you're, you're kind of like, oh, back off. I can't, I don't know the answer to that question. Excuse me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's just like a normal way that your, your brain's going to block you and be like, this is scary. I'm just going to say, I don't know. And I, I'm not going to give you anything. <laughs> so you have to find it with it sometimes and sit and use lots and lots of silence to silence and yeah no it, i i found it really beneficial and i think the other thing that i always think about it is it feels quite self-indulgent because we don't of we don't often spend time exploring some of the things that you might explore in coaching and you can kind of explore anything and i think that also feels really weird because we don't often, you know, even with a friend, especially if it's about your career, if they're not in the same sector as you, it can be really difficult to have a really in-depth conversation about your career. Whereas a coach, even though they might not know your sector, they can sort of push you and, and ask you, you know, probing questions that lead you, like you say, to figure it out yourself, um, which is kind of weird to spend like an hour just talking about yourself because I I always want to be like so how are you you know what's your what's your ambition what do you want to reflect on <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so um if someone like was thinking about being a coach what sort of um where might they go about how might they start thinking about if that's the career for them how might they start looking into it what what would your tips be for anyone thinking yeah. about that so that's interesting we've we've had a few people recently who have been referred to us from positive people who 
they've come to the realization that actually they want to be in a position where they're helping people. So that was something that was really important for me in my career. I knew I wanted to be helping people, but in the job that I was doing in care work, I just felt like I wasn't helping people in the right way. And I kind of saw people bounce back in and out. And I knew there was something more around empowering people um, and working more with mental health. Um, but not even mental health, just the way that we think and the way we hold ourselves back and, and see the world not quite as it is. So I think it's making sure that it's aligned with what your values are. Um, so if you are, if one of your values is helping people, exactly what kind of helping people? Digging a little bit into that. Um, and then I would say to get some coaching yourself and experience it from the perspective of the coachee. And, and then find yourself a really good trainer who can talk you through it. Um, he's willing to explain the, the different courses that they do. Um, and any introverts out there who are thinking about starting their own business, I know that's a big, a big topic, but if you sort of had two top tips for them or, or any words of wisdom for them, what, what would they be? I think the main thing is realising that the way you see other people isn't how it actually is. We so often compare how we feel inside and everything we know about ourselves to like the small amount that other people allow us to see. And, and that's not really the truth. So when I did the School for Social Entrepreneurs startup course, I just felt like I was going to be a massive failure. Like I got through this really tough process to get a place on the course. And I was really excited. I was literally jumping around the room. And then I was like, oh, I'm going to be like Sally's biggest mistake ever. She's going to really regret letting me on. <laughs> oh, no. I, I really got stuck in that sense of imposter syndrome. And like, I, I feel like I'm not good enough. Like I'm not capable. And it was only through going through that process where... I started talking to other people on the course and I was looking around going, everyone's doing amazing things and they're so like so far ahead of me, so much more competent than me. But when I started talking to them, they were all going, we were thinking that about you. Oh, that's always the way. But um, yeah. you mentioned imposter syndrome there and I know on your website, you talk a lot about fe that feeling of not good enough. Mm. And, um, I know you sort of tackle this at Quiet Connections and um, I've put a poll out uh, the other day about topics that people would like me to discuss in more detail in groups and, and imposter syndrome at the moment is by far the top one and it's coming up in a lot of bios that people are sending back to me. Um, any, any tips, any advice for people? <laughs> it's such a, it's such a, it, it's such a prevalent thing, isn't it? And, you know, yeah. where do you start? But yeah, any tips? I think for me, knowing that imposter syndrome is such a big thing and there's so many people who are experiencing it, I think it's about the same amount of women and men who experience it as well, that it kind of makes it okay to, to feel that way. So I always have this thing where I start to feel like, I'm not good enough and I start to feel like I'm going to get found out 
and then I go okay so now I definitely need to talk to someone so I'll pick up the phone and be like Stacey <laughs> my business partner Stacey like this is how I'm feeling and she'll go oh me too and usually we're going, going through the similar kind of stuff at the same time and that <laughs> makes it okay so we can go okay so it's just this stuff and it's the same old um same old tape running through my head and I've learned to recognize that I'm gonna get triggered and I'm gonna have these beliefs like I'm not competent enough and I'm not qualified enough um and that they're not necessarily true they're just just the same tape running again and again and I suppose linked to imposter syndrome but but different those people watching that might have social anxiety or, or any kind of anxiety in a way because I think you know I, I certainly feel like my anxiety has held me back from various things um what what are there any techniques that they can try um is there anything that they can try if they feel like it's holding them back either in their career or in their personal life yeah so I mean, when I started Quiet Connections, I did a massive survey with about 150 people and 60% of people said that they felt like social anxiety was, and even introversion was holding them back in career progression. Um, and around 40% of people said that it, they were struggling to keep a job because of it. Um, I think the first step is giving ourselves permission to have a go and accept that we are going to feel anxious and uncomfortable and that's okay so we do a um a comfort zone stretch process within quiet connections and we encourage people to break it down so we tend to like avoid all difficult situations and then we're thrown into the deep end because suddenly we have this job interview so right. we try to break it down and say well what what's the first step to the thing that you want to achieve and that might be that someone's not even leaving a house so they might be the first step is let's go for a walk around the block with someone and then by myself um so yeah we offer like a free comfort zone stretch workbook on our website that is downloadable so um, yeah that that's a nice place to to start um, and then we do our um self-study toolkit which just offers you some basic techniques around breathing, around posture, um, and around learning to anchor certain emotions and deal with judgment and criticism and reframe how we're, how we're seeing those challenges. So. That's amazing. So that's two places that people can look for some online support. Um, and I think, you know, I can only speak from my own experience as we all can, but it's so difficult once you've had anxiety you you didn't know what that for me i didn't know what that feeling was until i had it and then now my body quickly goes back to that feeling sometimes and i know that it'll i it can be frustrating because you feel like it'll never go away and you'll always like you said yours comes back from time to time but that's okay and actually I, I found some strengths that have come out of my anxiety. I definitely think I empathise with other people a lot more than than before I had anxiety. I wasn't. I hope I wasn't a selfish person before, but um, like I, because there are situations that I struggle with in situations where I can see other people struggling, I just empathise so much more with them, and I feel 
I feel that connection with them so much more. Mm. And do you apply that to your work then as well? Because obviously you've got a job where you do give presentations. I'm guessing you go into new um, situations all the time with different clients. How do you manage your own sort of social anxiety that I'm sure, like you said, still crops up from time to time and, and yeah. not let it hold you back? Yeah, it does. So I think it's, it's putting it into perspective and realising that actually it's okay to feel anxious. And quite often when we're doing something that's really important to us, we do feel anxious and it's just a, a sign that there's something's really important. Um, and I will tend to do lots of breathing exercises. So even when I'm sat there, I'm thinking about the last time I did a presentation at the faith and mental health event and there was like hundreds of people there. And we'd been called to do this like 40 minute talk. Um, and we were sitting there doing the, our breathing exercises. Before we went on, we went out and had a break and we were doing like power poses and making ourselves really big in the car park. And is it one going, job of them? Is that, yeah, exactly. is that all the poses? <laughs> yes. Down with your hands like fists on your hips. That's it. <laughs> yeah. And then reconnecting with like why you're doing it. Why is it so important that I do show up and stretch myself? And um, yeah, so doing presentations isn't easy for us, but we know that showing up the way that we are, and we call ourselves delightfully awkward. We call like everyone in our community. We're I really love that. Delightfully awkward. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think it just, it's just really helpful to show that bit of vulnerability. That's amazing. It's just, it is so inspirational. And I think to be able to do that and to come from a place where you know you didn't want to answer questions at school and you didn't go to uni because you didn't think you could give a presentation and then going to a large event and being able to talk so openly in front of a large group of people is just really inspiring so my partner said that i needed a sign off or something for my channel which i don't have yet so i'd happily welcome any suggestions from anyone watching but I thought what I would like to do with all of um, my guests is give us the opportunity to do something that we're not very good at and have a minute of not being humble and just talk about some what you're proudest of so far within your career and just not be afraid to kind of take that space to talk very openly and proudly about what you've done. So what are you proudest of? Oh, wow, that's really nice and really <laughs> challenging. Because <laughs> we don't do it. <laughs> no, we don't. No, we, do, we don't. We definitely don't celebrate ourselves enough. So the first thing that comes to mind was like the 30 under 30, but it wasn't a sense of proud. It feels like I should be really proud of being the selected for the 30 under 30 thing. But it's something that I felt like, uh, I'm, I don't really deserve it. And, you know, maybe they just didn't have enough applicants. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I think you should be really proud of that. <laughs> um, but I think, I think I'm just most proud of what Quiet Connections has become. And I'm still really amazed at how widely recognised we are and there's so many organisations out there. But just the other day I was talking to someone they go, I was recommended by Volunteer Cornwall to come and speak to you. Um, and there's, there's quite a lot of awareness about Quiet Connections and what we do and the way that we do it. Um, 
and we've been recognized by you know positive people we're a, a specialist provider and we have some social prescribers who really really support us and send people our way um and then and then we've got the uh, this massive amazing grant from the lottery and it's just wonderful to feel like you've got that recognition and that support from such an amazing organization like that and it was really hard to imagine that that could have been the case um and that yeah now we're here and it just feels amazing and it's it's shocking every single time i hear oh so and so said like quiet connections are amazing and <laughs> i i couldn't have asked for a better first guest because i felt very safe and comforted by your presence um I think going into it as well as um, throughout the interview, just because I knew your background and I thought this is going to be this is going to be nice. And if anything goes wrong, I'm sure she can coach me through it. <laughs> Likewise, yes. And I just want to say again a, a big, huge, huge thank you um, for coming on. And I hope that we are probably going to do a group discussion on imposter syndrome. So maybe we can get you back to sort of talk about that or talk about other subjects if you're happy to come yeah, back but yeah. thank you so much and um thank yeah i'm you. sure that, that's been helpful for everyone at home so thank you so much yeah hope you enjoyed that video um i had such a great time talking to Haley. um we could have talked for hours and we did do a lot more talking than made it into the final edit um she's truly inspirational and as i said at the beginning her story of transformation is really proof that even if you're feeling anxious or you're feeling like you'd never have the confidence to run your own business or get up and talk in front of other people it can be done and there are ways and means to get there i this is not a plug i've not been paid to say this but i definitely would check out some of the tools that she mentioned which are on the quiet connections website in the description give them a follow on Instagram they're doing lots of really great lockdown content um and I know that you know the the biggest pandemic that's going to hit us next is the mental health pandemic that's coming following following lockdown so anything that you can do to take care of yourself in that time um I would definitely recommend to do um so yeah I hope you enjoyed that I've got a really exciting guest that I'm interviewing tomorrow night um my time but we'll be up next week probably at some point for you and as always please continue to nominate yourself or other people that you think i could interview and yeah i'll see you next time thanks so much bye